0: You're listening to the WGU Alumni Podcast, a podcast all about noteworthy night owls. Join us each episode as we highlight WGU Alumni and share ways to help you stay engaged. Here now is the WGU Alumni Podcast.
1: Hey
2: everybody, welcome to a special episode of the WGU Alumni Podcast. We've hit a milestone. Today we're hitting episode 25, our silver episode. Isn't that right, Jeff?
0: sir right, let's celebrate. <laughs> I love it.
2: there such a thing as a silver episode?
0: Well, there is now. There
2: is now. That's fantastic. (laughs) We love to celebrate anything.
0: Absolutely, Sarah. And as you've heard on the previous 24 episodes or so, we've got a lot of celebrating to do, right? And and a lot of our grads to honor. And and by now, our audience, I think, knows that on each episode, we either highlight a graduate or share important information from one of our university partners. Uh, That's of great service to our grads. So on today's episode. We're going to talk with Amy Edwards from our community affairs team and hear all about the fine work that they are doing.
2: Yes, as we, you'll hear we talk about her mighty team of two and some of the great things they're working on. And you know, we talk about how we have a small team as well, Jeff. But I think we're doing pretty good this
0: year. Yeah, I agree. And and certainly this is an interesting year, and everybody's kind of pulling together. And uh, you'll he- be hearing more about uh, projects and initiatives that we're working on the on the alumni team. Well, good stuff, uh, Sarah. Should we jump into this interview with Amy?
2: Yeah, I'm ready. This is a great episode, so I'm ready to jump in. Let's do it. All right. Hey, Amy, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we'll get into the real nitty gritty here in a minute, but I want to give the listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit. Obviously, I've had the pleasure of working with you for about a year and a half now. You joined WGU not too long after I did back in 2019. And uh, we've had a chance to work on some projects together, one of which, like, you know, we will talk about here in a little bit. But I want, like I said, the listeners to get to know you a little bit. What are some of your favorite things to do when you're not at WGU? When I'm not at
1: WGU? Well, winter or summer? I'm going to go winter. Yeah. That's the season we're into. I'm a skier, so I okay. love to ski. I don't get up nearly as often. Um, my family also skis with me, but if you've ever skied with little kids, it's not really skiing. We're like shifting down, shifting down the hill a little bit. So I'm hoping someday they'll be able to, you know, we'll be able to catch a few runs. They'll probably blow past me and uh yeah. and it will be the bad news. You know, and most of my time is spent with my kids and preparing for the holiday season and And all of that right now. So I definitely love to be outdoors, snowshoeing. um, But then also just being with my kids, family dinners, and uh, we bake a lot in the winter. So it's a a lot of fun. Well,
2: let me know if you need my home address so you can drop off some baked goodies. I'm always up for that. Yes, I would love that. (laughs) Well, I know that you also have a couple of dogs in the house. (laughs) How's that going?
1: So I got two puppies um for christmas last year yes. uh, as a christmas present one for each of my small children and um maybe a mistake it might have been a mistake um but we can't get rid of them now. It's not. they're part of the family now they're part of the family uh, my kids adore them uh they bark uh, a lot when the FedEx or you know Amazon drops something off as everyone has at their house these days. So you may hear them barking. They are my biggest protectors. And sometimes they don't let me sleep at night because they're protecting me from cars that drive by. So they are big protectors. We love them. They've been a lot of fun. We've actually been training them this year. So they have been a lot of fun.
2: Well, that's fantastic. And I actually love when we can hear the dogs bark or you know, when we're on the Zoom calls as we all are now. Uh, Webex or Teams, whatever we're on. So obviously, you know, I have my cat who loves to jump from the windowsill over to the desk and just kind of traips in front of the, the camera and does not care that I'm in the middle of a of a call with anyone. It doesn't matter who it is. He owns this home. And it's yeah, still the show. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's like, absolutely. listen, this is, this is the main attraction right here. Doesn't matter what you're doing.
2: Exactly. Well, speaking of the main attraction, let's get into um, some of the things that you're doing with your team.
1: Sounds great. Community Affairs is a new department at WGU, and we are so excited to be able to help in, in ways that we haven't before. So we have one person right now on our team, Veronica. So it's Veronica and myself that are kind of leading out on building community relationships. And what community affairs is really all about is providing equitable access to education, especially underserved communities. And so we're looking at all different um, angles of how we can help students and how we can help communities thrive. And so it's been really, really exciting to build this within the university and work with all the different teams. I'm fortunate I get to overlap with a lot of different teams, alumni, um, marketing, government relations, communications. There's just so much overlap to help everyone get what they need. So that's the basis of it. Digital Divide is the first kind of initiative that we started to tackle, and we found that it was a big problem. And so we've been able to work through the policy and public affairs team. I oversee that for the policy and public affairs team, which means government relations, communications, policy, all working together. And it has been fantastic to see us really drive towards a common goal.
0: Amy, it sounds like you've been pretty busy then from, from this intro.
1: <laughs> it has been busy to get framework and the foundation for doing really good work for communities and inside communities we have our regions who do a fantastic job our state affiliates that are very engaged in the community so just trying to wrap our arms around what all of that means and where we may be able to fill in the gaps
0: that's really great and we're going to get into the digital divide in a little bit here but first i wanted to ask you you know in this year that you and Veronica have kind of built this team. What has stood out to you most in this role and and what you're seeing here at WGU?
1: I think first and foremost for our students is their resiliency. Uh, This has been a difficult time for all of us and their determination to further their education has been just phenomenal. We've seen, uh, as we look at the COVID relief, kind of that we've provided for emergency funding to digital divide access. There's so many, so many things that have hit our students, and by far the resiliency of them, I think, is is something we've seen. The second is, as you guys know, WG's mission is really to provide pathways to opportunity. We believe that talent is universal, while opportunity is not, and you know we've had the good fortune over the past year to really be able to engage in, in some of the issues that have really been brought to light uh, with access and equity and making sure that we're kind of bridging all of those gaps together and identifying those needs.
2: And Amy, you uh, obviously, as you mentioned, this pandemic has impacted everyone. You've kind of alluded to this, but what are you specifically seeing that is concerning? It sounds like access for sure is, is one of the high notes here.
1: Access and equity, something that we've been really focused on is the digital divide. We know currently 18.3 million Americans have no meaningful access to the internet. This is something that's definitely been widened by the pandemic. We know that 15 million students don't have access, and a lot of those are K-12. through But also, you've got to think of as the country shifts all of their work and health and education to online, these students are now... Offline and out of mind for many people. And so while many people are talking about K through 12, because of course our students' education is really important, what happens to those folks in post secondary education that really need, you know, you've got a lot of folks that are trying to gain their education but now don't know where to turn. And so that's something that we are really um, advocating for. We're looking for access, affordability, and then quality. We've been You know, many people are at home now with five people on their internet, and it's hard to stream that many folks. They're taking turns on devices. That's also an issue. And then the third issue that I think we're seeing is people don't know how to use their devices, maybe as great as they would like to, or to their full capability, because they always just did in the classroom and someone helped them. So there's all these different components to the digital divide that we're trying to tackle. Anecdotally, we know that, you know, students um, will work in parking lots, in libraries, or fast food. Really, we're looking at how we can provide access and computer devices individually for people so they can access education. Amy, I think that's great information for our listeners to
2: have, and I think a lot of our alumni can associate with that. Not only, um, as you mentioned, a lot of folks are, you know, working from home now. Their children are at home. They're not only trying to do their own work, but their kids are trying to do their schoolwork. It is quite a struggle, so I'm glad to see and hear about these enhancements that we're trying to do at WGU. Now, a couple of questions here. One, was this an issue before the pandemic? And then, what is WGU doing to help those in need?
1: Yes, to answer your first question, this was an issue prior to the pandemic. We actually started looking into helping underserved communities with last mile, middle mile, and affordability of internet Prior to the pandemic, so we went back to DC to ask some of our federal folks what we needed to do if we could provide a scholarship, what that would look like, and really gather some information about what would be most helpful from both our RVPs as well as some of um, the national association and organizations. We came up with uh, an idea to help our students with the online access scholarship. It's a $1 million. A scholarship to cover the cost of internet and devices. So they, you know, people can earn that degree or their master's degree. So it's open to current and prospective students. And then really looking at, as we talk to government officials and others, workforce was still a huge issue prior to the pandemic. It just was a little bit different. And how can we make sure that people are being educated for in-demand jobs? And so that was the first piece because I will say that it was an issue um, before the pandemic has definitely highlighted the issue. Um, now, no longer is it a luxury. Like, hey, I just want to have internet. Now, it, you know you're not able to access your education, your work, your telehealth, maybe forms that you need. There's so many different aspects of online. It's no longer just that luxury. It's a utility that everyone needs. So as we were looking at the online access scholarship at the beginning of this year and we kicked it off in the pandemic because you know that's just how it happened to land after we got going we're also looking at community impact grants working with our regional vice presidents to figure out where the greatest needs and identifying those needs in communities and providing broadband or computer device or whatever might be with hotspots is was one of the most common that we use um, so that we can help communities and organizations come together and provide what we need for the university. The last piece that I think we've really been focused on is working with the National Governors Association. We are working with our governors to really take, there's a lot of federal funding and COVID relief packages. We'll see probably a few more come up at the beginning of next year and infrastructure We want to make sure that states are able to really use that funding to the best of their ability. So we have partnered with the National Governors Association. Over the last six months, we've identified best practices as well as states that have done it really well. So we can help governors maybe take advantage of the Lifeline program federally, or maybe they are looking at a last mile, middle mile infrastructure. What can states do? to make sure that everyone in their state has access to education and affordability is a huge part of that. We see a lot of people that have taken the COVID funding and given everyone access to internet in certain areas, or we partner with different universities to see where students gain access to education through the internet. So we definitely are working with governors because we know it's going to be an issue that needs to be solved. And just like electricity Everybody needs internet in their home individually. We don't want people in parking lots or in the library trying to access education.
0: This is great, Amy. Thank you for sharing this, and I'm I'm so uh, proud of the work that WGU is doing, really to amplify this issue and really to bring it to light and to partner uh, with states, which makes a ton of sense, right? I mean, the WGU was created by governors, uh, you know, for state needs in in higher education. So a follow up question I wanted to ask: Are there other organizations? they're getting involved as well with this project?
1: Absolutely. As I mentioned, the digital divide is not something that just started with the pandemic. There are organizations that have been working on this for a long time. So you've got uh, Shelby, which is the School Health Library Broadband Association that we've joined, that we have decided, hey, there really needs to be a higher education committee. And we have brought together universities from around the nation to talk about what needs to be done for students across the board. So we're really leading out on some of those issues. Uh, Another organization that we um, are involved with is the National Digital Inclusion Alliance where we're looking at a unified voice for home broadband access. These folks have been working on this issue. And I will say both organizations and others that we've joined to even our, our local chambers that we're engaged with, All of these folks have been working on this to provide broadband access, uh, personal devices, training. Obviously, WGU has the wealth and knowledge of training for these individuals that we can provide. But we also know that people have been doing this for a while. And then it's incredible to see, for instance, Shelby, you know, they've increased their membership by like 150 organizations over the last even six months. This is an issue that's really affecting Various organizations across the nation. You look at different providers that are doing some incredible things: T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T, Comcast. That we're all in discussion with, trying to figure out how we really move the needle to make sure we have access for students. And then also, just while we have this momentum going, how can we further it so that no one gets left behind? I think that it's really important and exciting to see the momentum as we move forward.
0: This is all really great information, and I want to ask, Amy, for those listening who are in the alumni population, how can they get involved? What can they do to assist, or is there anything that they can do to participate?
1: There's a, a few ways that they can participate. The first is the online access scholarship. That is open to perspective as well as current students. So if you know someone that's struggling, that maybe is having a hard time deciding if they can continue because their laptop's not working, or their, you know, camera's not working, we can help with that. If it's trying to choose between groceries or keeping their broadband service on, which a lot of times in this pandemic, we know unemployment has been really high, but maybe they want to make a a change in their current employment. They know that, you know, I've always wanted to be a teacher and now's the time to make that change. We want to be able to help them with the resources that they need so they don't have to choose between feeding their kids and broadband we're here to help with that and then the third piece that i would say is making sure that you know either best practices if you see a community organization that's doing something great that we can help with we would love those recommendations and or talk to your local legislators to make sure this is a big deal for them in their area. And they are taking advantage of the funding because the more voices we have, the better chance we have of, of identifying and correcting the issue.
0: For sure. And uh, you've given a, a lot of good information to our alumni. Is there a website or is there a, a place that they can go to learn more?
1: Yeah, wgu.edu slash access. All the information should be there as well as, I think it's also linked now to some of our COVID relief efforts. So if there is, you know, if you know of someone that is having some struggles and accessing their education, we're trying to link as much as we can to all of our current initiatives there. It's super helpful for people.
0: Excellent. So again, the website, wgu.edu access. You can go and learn more yourself or provide that link to family members or friends or people that you know that have needs. So great information. Well, again, Amy, thank you for joining us and, and really shedding a light on on this great need and giving us opportunities for our audience, for alumni, for our team to get involved. We'd like to give you the final word as, as we conclude. So any other thoughts before we go?
1: You know, I want to thank you for having me today. One final thought is in 1997, as you all know, Western Governors University was founded, nonprofit university. 19 governors uh, to really harness the power of technology and make sure that anyone could learn anytime and anywhere and without the online access scholarship and, and furthering this equity the gap is going to widen and I think this was their mission and vision is to make sure that you could access education at any time and that's why we feel like the digital divide the online access scholarship the community Impact uh, grants that we're providing. We want people to be able to access education, further their education as they would like to.
2: Which I think is obviously why, as you said, WGU was founded in the first place. And I think this is definitely uh we're living up to our our mission that was originally created so again thank you amy for being on the show today we will definitely have you back it's been fun to have you on and get to know you and what you and your your mighty team of two are doing uh we know that feeling as well we've got a small team and but it's fun working here we are offering a lot of opportunities to our students and alumni thank you again for being here thank you Thank you for listening to the WGU Alumni Podcast. To learn more about WGU Alumni and commencement, visit wgu.edu slash alumni. To learn more about anything you heard on this episode or to hear past episodes, visit wgu.edu slash podcast. This podcast was produced by the WGU Alumni Relations Department. Special thanks to producer Bethany Tucker from the WGU Production Studio. And thank you to our WGU Alumni Network now more than 200,000 strong and growing.